0: Look at my butt. Show number 244 of Look at His Butt, LT and JK talk, Star Trek Discovery. And Star Trek Discovery. But first,
1: this is Kitty. I want to apologize for how I sounded last (laughs) time. I had, you know, set my equipment the way i always set it to pick up from this headset and one piece of it decided no i would rather not do that and so Mm -hmm. luckily i talk really loud and so (laughs) the computer microphone did pick it up but i when i listened to the show i went oh my god so i apologize for that but this year hopefully or this year this time it will be better
0: yeah, well, you guys know we do the best with what we have, and sometimes technology, fucking technology, it just doesn't cooperate Right, us. right, and basically what we have is us. It's it <laughs> us. It's the core, the core of the show. Yes. Um, I, I did have a couple of things I wanted to say before we dive in, because we really want to talk about Discovery. Yes. Well, I do, anyway. Me too, me too. To discovery. Um, one thing is that um, Bill's been tweeting a lot lately, mm-hmm. and I'm a little worried about Bill, um, just because – he seems to have gotten a hold of some phrases that he doesn't really understand what they mean. Oh dear. And yeah. And it's kind of, you know, Bill's an old man mm-hmm. and I just don't think he understands what the context is for things that he's saying. And I'll just take one example. Okay. Um, there's this phrase that gets used a lot in the discourse around social justice and all that. And that phrase is virtue signaling. Okay. Now, I don't know if, if you personally have come across it. I place, have run I across it once that. or twice. Yeah. So the, the phrase virtue signaling is invented by the people on the right, and it's meant as an insult, and it means that um, – you, as a person functioning in society, when you speak up about some injustice or, or, you know, you're raising a good point, the only reason you're doing it is to call attention to the fact that you are trying to be virtuous. Oof. So, hence the phrase, virtue signal, yes. putting a signal on your virtue. You're not doing it because you believe it or because it's the right thing to do. It's all about just, you know, getting praise on yourself for doing the right thing. This is the way... Very generally speaking, people on the far right see the people on the left. Mm-hmm. You know, they they think we are like them, and we don't actually have any values, or or like um, uh, Donald Trump, who uh, or like Donald Trump, yeah, like, yeah. You know, how it know, all comes back to him
1: and what's happening to him,
0: right? It, it's like you know that that people can't believe that protesters aren't paid, I know. right? Like <laughs> like for women's marches, everyone's paid. That's they must right. be paid by George Soros because no one would ever do this no. No. because they believed it was the right thing to do. So, um, yeah, a, going to a protest would be virtue signaling, yes. you know, going to the Women's March or anything like that. Bill seems to have picked this phrase up and he's using it in a completely wrong way. Oh, It's no. really bothering me. And people have tried very, very gently to correct him on Twitter. And he just he doesn't like to be wrong. And I don't think he can admit he's wrong. Mm-hmm. And so he's sort of been using some of these phrases that are clearly You know, insults developed by people on the right, and it's really kind of disturbing. And I wish somebody would, yeah, it's terrible because I don't, I I really believe that he's not like that. You know, Mm -hmm. he's not. He doesn't really believe those things, and he claims to be apolitical, but he, he definitely has picked up the wrong kind of discourse, and I feel very bad, and it puts a lot of people off, yeah. you know? He needs so. to go back, if he ever did do this on Twitter,
1: but to just tweet about, you know, his, his horror show and his movies and his books and, you know, basically shill for the, the celebrity performing side of his mm-hmm.
0: life. Yeah, exactly. Because uh, Oh, that's um, so sad. It is, and he's still continuing these terrible, you know, shipping fights with the people who um, are convinced that the outlanders, yes. I guess, are yeah. dating each other, like, because that one guy is his friend, Sam. Well, he um, actually, I believe he is friends with both Sam and Catriona okay so um you know he he has waded into that fight with the very very crazy people who believe it and continues to fight and it's all just a a big (sighs) morass you think he would know better by now it's like stop you're not gonna win and it looks bad it's a bad look for you Mm -hmm. oh dear lie down with the dogs Mm -hmm. and you get the fleas yep oh So that was sad. Anyway, I just wanted to say that because it it upsets me when I I go on Twitter and I Mm -hmm. see him using this language wrongly and just, yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: And from when when you see him on, you know, on talk shows or when he's at the cons and talking about things and everything, I have never, ever picked up an alt-right vibe from him,
0: ever. Yeah. No, I, I just don't think he's like that. Yeah. Even, even as an old, straight, rich, white guy, yeah, I don't think he's so, like that. hmm, Oh, that's sad. Yeah. So ah. that's unfortunate. And I just wanted to pr- put that out there because, you know, so much of this podcast is about Bill, and I don't want to not talk about it mm-hmm. because – it is now becoming, unfortunately, sort of his public persona. Oh. There have been articles about him on like BuzzFeed and stuff going on. Really? You know, William Shatner oh. identifies with the all right. It's like no. Oh, I have doesn't. seen he people say that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, dear. So anyway, all right, let's let's get off of that. Just wanted to mention it. Um, I wanted to say a thing that happened this morning. I've talked before about listening to um the dude who's called the Tolkien Professor for uh-huh. and Who I love and who um does many great podcasts all about Tolkien and I really like what he has to say he's a a super thoughtful guy um except sometimes he still misses the boat and today was a great example of it I mean in in like he's he is very willing to be corrected on things okay he's he's in Iowa Iowa right now um (laughs) Not in Riverside, Mm. but just in a different place. And he's there for uh, a Tolkien conference. Mm -hmm. And so he was giving a a talk about fan fiction, Tolkien and fan fiction, because there's a ton of Tolkien fan fiction out there. Wait, Um, fan fiction about Tolkien or fan fiction about his writing? About his writing. Okay. I mean, maybe there is fan fiction about Tolkien. I I don't know. I want to know which which road we're going down. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, so I thought that was cool. I'd, I'd like to see it. And he tweeted about it afterwards. And so his tweet said, the more I thought about this, the harder I find it to understand the modern stigma on fan fiction. Why is it that people find it so embarrassing? And he got a lot of responses on Twitter mm-hmm. that were, were kind of interesting and people are like, well, some of it's juvenile and blah, blah, blah. So I just responded and I said, because it's perceived as women's writing. and yeah, And he went... Yeah, I hadn't thought of that. I was like, well, of course you didn't, because you're a man. Yeah. You would never think about that. But I, the, the more I thought about it, I mean, that's the reason, right? Yes. It, it's because, I said perceived as women's writing, not that it always is, but if it's written by a woman – then, therefore it's not important and therefore you can criticize it for anything because it's not it's never going to be as good as anything a man has written
1: well also there's the thing that certainly early fanfic and right up through the days when we were doing it i don't know what it's like now some women who are very very active in fan fiction were very vocal about claiming this space as mm-hmm. being a um, by and for women and of course Mm -hmm. when I was in one of my real slash rants I'd say
0: and about (laughs) you know but um yeah so I I am glad I made that point and I'm Mm -hmm. glad he heard it and I thought that was really good yeah um, it just got me thinking and I wanted to check this with you Mm -hmm. when we were deeply into fan fiction it seemed to me that the men who did write fan fiction because there were some yes um tended to have their work valued more highly not by women but by other men and that was because there's tended to be ship porn and stuff like that and and i'm not thinking of specific people but just in general the feeling was that if you were a guy and you wrote about ships and explosions your work was kind of automatically better than any woman who was writing about relationships whether or not they included sex
1: now, that is very, very interesting. And now that is I'm... true? Am I, I imagining that? No, that's what I'm trying to decide is based on my experience because I'd never thought about this. I can say that I only ever received feedback from one guy that I am almost 100% sure was an actual man. <laughs> well, and I'm saying that because I've met him in real life. And so yeah, unless yeah, he was telling me he, or wasn't telling me he was transsexual, he represented as male in every way. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, a couple, at least one other that I'm pretty sure he was male just by his tone. Um, and both of them were, um, um, you know, positive feedback, helpful, and one I became very good friends with. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, almost all of my interaction was with other women,
0: so it's hard for me to say. Mm-hmm. Okay. I I think I've been thinking about this more, and I think it was kind of a vibe I got from, oh, my God, what was the name of the guy, the editor, who was pulling together those <laughs> New Voyages books? Oh, John Ordover. John Ordover, yeah, who seemed like a pretty reasonable person, but I got the feeling from him and from other people, and there was a guy named Stephen, I can't remember what he did too, um, that they, men, both men, definitely valued men's writing that was very ship-oriented over women's writing, even if it was pretty straight-ahead fiction. And it was never like explicitly said, and it wasn't written in stone. But I, that was the vibe I got. Oh, hope I'm not making that up. Well,
1: Ordover was so anti fanfic; it was really hard for me to to see much else. Um, mm-hmm. This Stephen, if you're talking about Stephen Ratliff, who yes, yeah, Stephen Ratliff, thank you. Um, I I had quite a few interactions with him, and I never got that vibe.
0: Mm, okay. So
1: you know that could just be me being, you know, not very sensitive to it.
0: Yeah. Well, I don't know. Um, I it, do know
1: something... one thing, but this yeah. came from women, was there was one individual, highly, highly respected in the fanfic world, who got away with everything. <laughs> he did I mean, you know, broke all the rules and was abusive of people and everything. And I'm not going to name names, but every now and then someone would point out, why does he get away with this? And we'd say, well, that's just him being him. Yeah. yeah. Boys will be
0: boys, of course. Of course. Yeah. So... Mm hmm. You know. Yep. I can see that. Well, it's it's interesting to think about. I, I need to to maybe um, think about this and read up on it a little bit more to see if I'm I'm projecting mm-hmm. or something. But listeners, if any of you are familiar, because I know some of you are who are around or who have read history. I, and I'm curious to know whether it's that way now. Well, um, You know, things like that change super slowly, and Mm.
1: so the fact that a few centuries ago, women who did write found they could only get attention or get published or whatever if they wrote under male names, and I am not sure if that's the reason J.K. Rowling wrote under her initials or not. I think it is. Uh, I think it, she said that. It, yeah, point. and it's it's almost like I get the feeling that if you write under the name Eleanor, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it's going to get thrown in in the the light fiction or romance or chiclet pile.
0: Mhm,
1: yeah, agreed. So yep. that is why it it just thrills me that as far as I can see, this is strictly my opinion, not based on anything else. The only people really writing, with a couple exceptions, interesting sci-fi right now are women, Mm -hmm. because it's not about the ships. It's about the characters and how this, whatever the phenomenon is that is happening or has happened,
0: how it affects them. Yes. And I will say a lot of it also is being written by women of color, which is even better. Yes.
1: Yes. And, um... Uh, um, women of uh, of Asian women, yes, writing yes. some really interesting stuff. The the man who I will say is mainly an exception, and it's hard to say if he's really writing sci fi or not, mm-hmm. is Neil Gaiman, which is kind mm-hmm. of a cross of sci fi and and fantasy. Fantasy, yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah, his is is sure. very very intelligent, very character driven, plus fun as hell. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it's. You know, it's it's kind of like, OK, we found a niche that was being dominated by men and we took it over. So cool. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> as I think I've said once once before, you know, if you look around at what gets published and you look at the stuff that gets published by men who just can't write, you know, it's mm-hmm. like as they say, God, give me the confidence of a mediocre white man. Yeah, it's just, it's incredible. You know, all those things that people say about women's fanfic writing, the the stereotypical complaints like, oh, it's juvenile and it's overwritten and it's cliched. It's like, please go into the bookstore and look at some of the crap that's being published mm-hmm. and simply because the the author is a guy. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's my rant for today. I hope you've all enjoyed that. Uh, well,
1: I gotta <laughs> say that I think there is hope on this front. Yeah. Um, especially i know there's still jerks out there so don't get me wrong but especially among younger men um mm. when i'm introduced to them anywhere work social whatever um they speak to me as an equal and they they offer their hand for a handshake
0: which mm, would nice. never
1: have happened mm-hmm. in the before time so <laughs> you know that that gives me hope i i i like that you know I like starting our relationship as we're equals. We both know about this. We have this in common.
0: Mm, that's awesome. Yeah. That's really wonderful. So. Cool. Well, speaking of places where there's a lot of women and they're all doing stuff, <laughs> let's talk about Star Trek Discovery. She's <laughs> really good. Now, I want to say something that I realized yesterday, and I felt so stupid <sighs> for not recognizing this. Okay. <gasps> As a Star Trek fan, this this kind of, like, takes away all of my credibility. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> so, I was thinking about Star Trek Discovery and the last – so, we watched episodes two and three. That's what we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. And in episode three, our main character, Burnham, goes to the ship that's called Star Trek Discovery. And until that point, I hadn't actually realized that the name of the show was the name of the ship. <laughs> i thought it was just a word you know like hey star trek discovery woo well
1: you know that is very interesting the point you're making is actually not a bad one because you're probably not alone in that but also <laughs> after i watched episode three i did go and read a couple things and um one of them was the they were talking to whoever is the show runner now and one of the things they were questioning about is sort of how do you get from here to the TOS, which is one of my mm-hmm. questions, but we'll get to that. Sure. But one of the things he he brought up was the the name of the show, Discovery, is not just the name of the ship. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, he's being very oblique, you know, playing his cards close to his chest. But, you know, I interpret that as it's about the
0: discovery of what is
1: coming it's the discovery of yeah. becoming that thing so
0: i i agree and i and i thought that that was what the title was like i just hadn't made the connection and then the more i thought about it i was like oh yeah because that's what they do right yeah <laughs> star trek voyager deep space nine enterprise oh yeah they call them after the ships <laughs> I was like, oh my god how did i never realize this before wow um, wow <laughs> that's that's okay <laughs>
1: It's really, really, I mean, but Star Trek, TNG ship was not called the next generation. That's true.
0: So that was the one where they didn't do it. But ever since (laughs) then, they've done it with all the other ones. So you'd think I would have learned my
1: But you see, you're not a superficial person. So your brain immediately (laughs) went to the deeper
0: meaning of that, which I like. I like that, that it went there it balances my, me <laughs> my complete interpretation okay so there is a ship called discovery i'm glad we've got that sorted out now that's good good okay so um we'll, we'll spend some time talking about uh i guess part two of mm-hmm. the opener and then on to part three which is where for me the really interesting stuff happens so um Part two was to wrap up the whole, here's how the war started with the Klingons, Mm -hmm. um, showing what happened to Burnham and and kind of her journey through that. There was a lot of stuff exploding. That was the main thing. Um, And there was a flashback to show how she came aboard uh, the Shenzhou ship, Mm -hmm. Sark. So my question still is, Did she not go to Starfleet Academy? I thought we all had this sorted out, that you had to go to Starfleet in order to be an officer. Maybe was that not implemented at that
1: time? Well,
0: that's what I'm wondering about a lot of things. (laughs) And, you know,
1: right now I am enjoying the show and where it's going. So I'm just going to kind of go, okay, you know, Starfleet, perhaps. Perhaps was very new in this iteration, you know, we don't know what Mm -hmm. happened on Enterprise and we don't care. So, you know, maybe there's still, we don't even know if the prime directive is in force, right? Has even been invented,
0: they haven't called it that. You know, they did say a thing. Oh, gosh, I'm blanking on it. When in the very first episode, when um, Georgie and Burnham were down on the planet, and she said something about you know not having any contact, and they didn't call it the prime directive, mm-hmm. and it wasn't general Order one either. It was like it was some other name, and I'm pretty sure that that's okay, what they were okay, to, but it wasn't called prime directive.
1: So, on a lot of these things, I'm kind of willing, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for them to, uh, you know, I'm I'm willing to, to give them a break on that. I would love to see an episode, though, where somebody's about to do something and the other person says, didn't you read the new Prime Directive? Or didn't you read <laughs> that thing called the Prime Directive It just came in last week? No, what yes. is it? You know, it's an updating of whatever that other thing was. And you can't That's do that true. anymore. I mean, yeah, I, w- I would be good with that. I
0: would be happy with that. Very happy. I liked that the photon torpedo noises were the same as in TOS. Mm-hmm. For some reason, that was just so nice. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, they kept the photon torpedo noises. Thank you. Well, it's also a I... cost-cutting measure. well you don't have to
1: hire somebody to make mm-hmm. all new noises.
0: The thing I liked most about that episode mm-hmm. was... Burnham arguing with the computer to get out of the brig. Oh my god, that was so Kirk, and I was, it was just so Kirk. thinking about that this morning. It was so good. It was completely Kirk, and I was just like, yes, she's arguing with the computer, and she talks, and it doesn't blow up. She just talks logic she just into it. It was so good. She just outlogics it. Oh, that was awesome.
1: Yes, I did. I, I liked that a lot.
0: Um, I like that. I, I was, you know... I always get a little disturbed when they have such a huge amount of destruction in space, you know, blowing up these ships right and left. It's like, really, do you have to blow them up? You know, Mm -hmm. it seems like such a waste. But I guess that's kind of the way it is now in science fiction. Yeah, it's not enough just to damage them. You have to fucking blow them to little smithereens. Mm
1: -hmm. Yep.
0: So that that always bugs me. And I'm hoping that that was it. You know, like the rest of the series is not going to have an orgy of destruction and ships blowing up. Well,
1: because, I, don't know. I wouldn't get my hopes
0: up, but, you know. <laughs> um, okay, so those are the highlights for me. Um, were there things that, in addition, that you really liked about that episode? Well, I do have to say, although I knew what was probably coming, I was really
1: sad to see Captain Georgiou die. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was terrible. Uh, because, you know... I was totally bought on the concept presented in like the first 5 minutes of episode 1 which is it's this captain and it's this first officer and they are both female and they have this crew and I was already just go on adventures mm-hmm. with them. So, yeah. you know, that was kind of like okay, but I'm starting to regard it as those first two episodes were to establish burnham and her character mm-hmm. and a little bit about her past and that it was sort of the equivalent of the um the 2 hour movie that set up battlestar galactica mm-hmm. although that started right immediately with bam the cylons mm-hmm. have wiped out everything so
0: um i agree uh, i i I think they needed to do that much setup mm-hmm. and i feel like it was very positive in the way that they were doing so much setup that they're thinking that this is going to be more than one series, you know, like mm. they put a lot of time and effort into that world building and they're kind of hoping it's going to go beyond just this. And that's great. Maybe that's so. Maybe thing. so. Yeah. I didn't think of that, but um,
1: I have to say, and I was thinking this too in uh, episode three, I'm not really jumping ahead. It's just general opinion. I really like Burnham. I and I am so glad she's the lead in this story. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not. It's not just the actress. I like the way she's written. I like what what the actress brings to it, but I I like what the words bring to it.
0: mm mm-hmm. I agree. I think her character is incredibly well written, and I love her acting. So mm-hmm. Me too. Jumping jumping into uh, the next episode, episode three. I felt like there were so many layers to her performance. Oh yeah, you know, and part of it was bringing it right back to her Vulcan training. Like she was really acting like a Vulcan in the whole, you know, so she, she gets taken out of prison and now she's on the new ship, the discovery. And the whole time that she's there, she's just acting very, very Vulcan. And I thought that was awesome. She really,
1: um, really was. And when they, you know, when she met her roommate, (laughs) who is like the opposite of Vulcan. And I wasn't sure how I felt about that, but I could see her kind of growing on me. Mm -hmm. Um, she was like even more Vulcan. Mm -hmm. It's like, you can throw me to the most crazy emotional human you can find, but I'm, I'm going to my, my Vulcan training to my Vulcan self. And I'm not going to develop these relationships. Like I felt for my crewmates on Mm -hmm. the Shenzhou.
0: Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You could see that. You could see that going on. Yeah. So, so good. So I got to say episode three, I had no idea what was going to happen from moment to moment. Oh, me neither. And, and that was awesome. Yes. <laughs> because I we have complained so much about movies and TV shows mm-hmm. and stuff where it's so obvious what's going to happen. and And the worst thing big... is they telegraph what's
1: going to happen and then
0: they take their goddamn time getting there. That was my biggest complaint about Enterprise was that, like... I don't haven't seen that many episodes, but mm-hmm. as many as I've seen, I could I knew exactly what was going to happen. Like five minutes into it, it's like this, 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 and this, and, and, it, and it did. So I am just so grateful that there are twists and turns and characters and things happening mm-hmm. and that you can't know where it's going. Um, the biggest comparison for me to episode three, I'm very curious if you agree, was that for me, it felt like a Doctor Who episode. There were definitely Doctor Who episode
1: overtones for me the biggest one being run
0: (laughs) (laughs) and so they're on a dark scary ship with a monster that's kind of running around and and we don't get a good look at him (laughs) can't see it but and the only way you can defeat it is by being clever Mm -hmm. you don't shoot it you got to defeat it with cleverness and i just love that i I think if you're gonna try to ape something or imitate it a little bit do it from dr who because they know how to do it
1: if you're going on any adventure where you don't know what you're going to encounter or what you're going to need. The The best thing to have is cleverness, mm-hmm. right?
0: Absolutely. And she is super clever, mm-hmm. which I just love. And the other people are too. You know, yeah. it, it's, it's really nice to have a crew where everybody seems super smart. I love the security head. She was awesome. Mm-hmm just so casual and so in charge of everything. And then you find out about her as this episode goes on. And then there's that little twist at the end, mm-hmm. when she's hanging out with the captain. I was like, Whoa, didn't see that coming. Yeah. That's So, uh, gosh, there are just so many things. I tell you what, let's take a quick break before we forget, and then we'll come back. And and I've got loads and loads of notes. There are things I want to mention that were all callbacks to TOS and then other things that were just totally new. Okay, good. Yes, let's take our break. And I have notes, too. Okay, cool. Cool. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission. To explore strange new worlds. To seek out new life and new civilizations. To boldly go where no man has gone before. Number one, tribbles. Yeah. <laughs> so that was awesome. No, no, it wasn't. Oh, come on. I love tribbles. No, they were cute. No, they and I am noises.
1: really afraid that they are going to go to that well, not the tribble well in general, but the TOS well too often for my taste okay. because... If, if they've got a Tribble, then it, like, undercuts the fact that our our super smart TOS people have no
0: idea what this is. So that – but, see, for me, that was – he's got a Tribble. How did he get a treble? Where did that treble come from? So, for me, it represented something unknown uh-huh. and some – some other thing, like not that our guys were stupid because they didn't know, or, or that nobody knew what tribbles were, but that there's something else going on that allowed him to have a tribble when nobody else knew what a tribble was. So I, I was just looking at it as more of a mystery rather than just a, hey, let's put a tribble in his cabin to to do fan service. I think that's what they intended was
1: the mystery, but mm-hmm. <sighs> you know, they've <laughs> okay, wait, they've already got Sarek. Mm-hmm. They've already given Spock a new sister. They have cast <laughs> Amanda. Yeah, I saw that. Um, and now, now a Tribble. I mean, are they gonna are they gonna make all of McCoy's cures discovered before he does? You know, <laughs> that's not. what I'm saying.
0: Yeah, I, okay. I
1: I will not even allow one per episode. I was frankly <laughs> glad to not see. Sarah show up in this episode
0: because mm-hmm. it's like you can't do that too often mm-hmm. all right well let's let's keep track of that okay then. let's make sure that that they're not going to okay report. so For me it wasn't I am For an, you it was that's cool I'm not allowing more than one I am not allowing one peril per angel even <laughs> per episode okay 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 I'm with it now here's the thing that i noticed which was very subtle and it was totally okay with me that it was a callback Mm -hmm. so in so so on the new ship when she goes to uh jason isaacs his name is lorca Mm -hmm. um in his cabin he's got the treble he's got some other shit in there but he also has a map showing the neutral zone and it's the same map from tos that's above like spock's view screen on the bridge and i was like oh it's the same map i mean it, it wasn't done it wasn't done in cardboard and Magic uh-huh. Marker the way it was in the original, but it was very clearly the same map, and that was cool. Oh, well, like you're that. good at picking
1: up things that, that <laughs> I didn't. I want to point out something about Lorca. <clears throat> did you watch the series The OA? No, I did not. Okay, I watched it, and it's, it's full woo-woo, but I loved it. Um, <laughs> he's the bad guy in The OA. Oh. So.
0: Well, he's also um, uh, Lucius Malfoy. Oh, really? Yeah, with blonde hair. Oh my god, I never would have yeah, recognized he, him. Yeah, yeah. Huh. So that, okay, that's, all that, right. So he's he's history of bad guy and I like that his character has this weird edge of like, is he a bad guy? I don't know. Well, I'm getting really the clear. feeling he could turn out to be the
1: bad guy, the con of this could story.
0: Be he's got a lot of dimensions and it's really unclear what his game is uh-huh he's got a lot of balls in the air at the same time and so yeah uh, Again, yeah, we'll, we'll and, and maybe burnham will have to mute me against him too
1: that only this cool. time
0: maybe successfully i don't know mm. <laughs> um <laughs> i liked the black alert that was funny i had like, to put down yeah. asterisks i was like black <laughs> alert
1: and black alert means turn face the wall and go to sleep <laughs>
0: just like black alert
1: i mean kirk i thought was pushing it with double red alert
0: but double um, red alert wow black alert black alert so that was cool i enjoyed that Mm -hmm. um i will say that the cabin that they had was awfully spacious Mm -hmm. it was like a little bigger than i thought it was a lot yes yes yeah so um but it looked it looked nice um I liked the fact that when they were taking the shuttle from the Discovery to the other ship, that uh, the Glenn, mm-hmm. I guess it was called. Yes, it was named uh, after John Glenn. Right. right. So there was uh, the pilot, mm-hmm. and I think there was one other se- security dude, and the three women who were the core of the away team. Mm-hmm. And that was really nice. Mm-hmm. It was just like, hey, cool, they're in charge. They're doing it all. That's super good. Um, so I-, I like that a lot. Um, uh, now, I I was a little confused that they weren't wearing um, I don't know spacesuits or something when they went to the other ship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's <laughs> probably that's probably a callback to TOS too. <laughs> it reminded me so much of Naked Time when. Stupid Joe, what's his name, takes his Glove off Mm -hmm. to pick something up It's like, come on, dude, you don't go to A a ship that's in trouble Where everybody's dead, yeah Is there air? You don't know (laughs) (laughs) Smells okay to me (laughs) Exactly, that's what I was thinking And also, if you're on a ship where there's Hardly any power, maybe bring bigger flashlights (laughs) Because the ones that they had Were not doing a very good job Right, right (laughs) Oh, I mean, I know, I know, it's all tension and stuff, but still, it's like, yeah, bigger flashlights, next time, guys, mm-hmm. that's what I would say to that. Um, let me see, what else do I have in my notes? Oh, okay, so maybe this is me, but um, I, I loved her her clever think-around, again, very kind of Doctor Who-ish to get through the breath, um, the breath print thing. Yes, I thought that was good, but here's the here's the
1: thing, um, one of my notes is, is a breathalyzer really the best security for that very reason? Yeah. I mean, if, if the ship was taken over, you could just put each of the people you've captured, most specifically the captain, because he can go anywhere, into a tiny room mm-hmm,
0: and uh, capture his breath. Yeah, exactly. It's not like it has to be fresh breath. No. It, no. So, yeah, that, that was a little weird. But but, but clever. I clever. But I did. Yes, I did like that. That was good. Um. And then she goes into this room where everything is green and growing and all I could think about was the Genesis device. Me too <laughs> So I'm like, is this gonna be that? I mean are are they calling all the way forward to Wrath of Khan to say that maybe I mean it could be. I don't know. I don't could be. I don't think so because um
1: uh when the captain I believe it was the captain was explaining this to to Burnham. Oh, no, it Mm -hmm. was the info police, the chief engineer, who made a speech (laughs) from out of nowhere while they were on that shuttle, but basically explained to to her what was going on, is that um, they were developing fuel, propulsion, whatever, Mm. based on plant life.
0: Yeah. So naturally, they needed a lot of plant life. Yeah. Right. I mean, I get it, but it's it it has such a strong resonance. Yeah. With yeah. The whole Genesis thing. So I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe not. Mm-hmm. but That's all I could think about.
1: Well, yeah. Maybe um, Carol Marcus, you know, picks this up and is is working on a similar use for that technology mm-hmm. that's not propulsion. That's yeah something else. Now I
0: heard a theory. Okay. Um, from a guy, and oh the well, then it's was, valid. <laughs> I know it's some guy um, that. So, you know, like when they're on the Glen and they, they found the other scientists, the counterpart of uh, – oh, gosh, I can't I, – it's so hard to learn these guys' names. Yeah. The, the, the chief engineer guy. Okay. Um, yes, his friend. His partner his friend that he his was partner, working with. Yeah. Yes. Um, so they find him and he's all kind of like twisted. Oh, and, yeah. And bones sticking out and stuff like, that. like Oh, that's kind of very scary. Um, maybe the spores – that seemed to be the cause of all this are what caused the Klingons to stop looking like those Klingons. And some of them end up looking like TOS. Like Klingons. smooth. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. I could see that. I could see that happening. Yeah. And maybe it affected some and not others. And maybe it, it, you know, has some kind of thing where it happens over time. Like they're not, mm-hmm. that anymore whatever. So that's a theory. That is a theory, and that's that's an interesting one. Yeah. Hmm. Good work, some guy. <laughs> I like that theory. I hadn't mm-hmm. even thought about that. Because no. I was still kind of like obsessing about why are we not seeing any TOS Klingons? Mm-hmm. Yes. I. <laughs> that's very good. That's
1: very interesting. It could um, also be like, you know, they discussed the, the 12 houses in the first mm-hmm. episode, and I noticed that they each had different... Ridge patterns. Yes, Um, they did. So maybe there is an internal uh, Klingon revolution where the um, common people-type Klingons who do not have these um, took over.
0: This is true. And it's just interesting that we haven't been introduced to any of them yet. Yeah. Well, all all we we saw was the
1: heads of those 12 houses, right? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So maybe that's going to be a plot point later on. Yeah. That would be interesting. It would be actually... after, you know, however many episodes, say there's like, um, you know, six episodes of seeing all the Klingons with the ridges. And then suddenly we see a Klingon who looks like a T.O.S. Mm-hmm. That's going to be pretty dramatic, actually. It would That'll be. be yes. Yeah. So I like that. I like that a lot. I laughed. And this was so inappropriate. <laughs> when they visit. So they visit the Glen and they do the thing and they come back and then they blow it up. Right. Yeah. And, and Lurka goes. It's only a ship. And I was like, and he doesn't love it like a woman. Well, it's not his ship. <laughs> it was it was like the, the anti-Kirk. Yes. It
1: was just a ship, it's just a, a sh- woman. Just a ship. Man, I bet he pissed off every fanboy in existence with that one.
0: Oh, man. But, yeah, that was all I could think about, you know. Yep. Kirk, Kirk would never say that. Yep. Just a ship. No, he knows that that's somebody's.
1: Ship that they love like a woman like a woman exactly
0: (laughs) okay and then I have one more note on a strictly personal thing at the very uh it was near the end I guess when when Burnham is talking to Saru Mm -hmm. and he's sitting in the 10 forward or the lounge or whatever he's making a little cup of tea with the tea yes that that cup that he's drinking out of. I have those cups (gasps) oh wow (laughs) see all I can think is those
1: cups are so completely impractical for drinking hot drinks these c- they're not though really
0: okay they're, so so the way that they're designed is that they're um they're double walled mm-hmm. so there's a gap there's an air gap between oh. the inside and the outside so even when you fill them with boiling water the outside doesn't get hot and and the inside stays hot okay. They're amazing wow so i just kept looking going i have those cups <laughs> they're cool i have them those are my cups he's drinking out of a cup that i have i have
1: it <laughs> okay let me go through my notes the ones we haven't already okay. discussed Yes, please. Um, I believe the discovery, the ship, Mm -hmm. or perhaps its research, is sponsored by Nike. And the reason (laughs) is their chevron has the Nike swoosh. Does it? Oh my God! I have to. They showed a big close-up of it. I wasn't paying attention. Okay, so I think Nike was funding the research. I like that. I like that. I'm really starting to think, and I think on this one I may be right, that the Discovery is not really Starfleet.
0: Really? Mm-hmm. Cause, what do you think it is? Well,
1: I mean, I know maybe it's the beginning of, what is it, Section 39 or, or whatever where all the bad guys yeah. work? Um yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, it's part of Starfleet, but not really part of it. I'm starting to think either the rules don't apply to them, or Captain Lorca thinks the rules don't apply to him. I would agree with the latter statement for sure. Okay, but it's also, totally off you know, uh, when uh, when uh, Burnham and the and the other criminals come on board, she goes, "It's not even a scratch on the deck. This is brand new." Brand new, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. So, um. I don't know, maybe mm. they were, their work and the Glenn's work was sanctioned by somebody in Starfleet very high up, and the, nobody else knows about it. I don't know, but I got a feeling that, um, mm. I, and she she even says, why are they so far from the fighting? So nobody else will find out there is such a ship. Yeah. Yeah, could
0: be, mm. could be. Um, oh, I, I have to say also, the one uh, officer that we saw who had, uh, a badge that was black. Mm-hmm. That was weird, man. That was just like, what is that about? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, Beatles cover band.
1: Okay. It's <laughs> a weird reference. It, it, it really was. And it it's, it's a, li- it's almost an insult when they do things like that. Cause it's like, we won't know that, that it's set in our universe. Anyway, um, I do like that. They kind of came up with an excuse for it to be so damn dark on that ship, which was Mm, when the captain said, you know, his eyes no longer because of an injury adjust to light. Well, I was like, okay, thank you. Somebody for explaining that for just taking, you know, 10 seconds. That was good. Um, I was, a little surprised, and once again, this is like the rules don't apply, when uh, a cadet can, with her little breath
0: thing, get right
1: into the most classified area.
0: Oh, yeah. I was wondering that, too, and I, I thought, well, is it just because she works there at one of those workstations?
1: And You could have somebody uh, running data on one of those workstations who maybe knows what's in there, maybe doesn't, but, you know, is not allowed there.
0: Yeah, yeah, I—, I... I don't know. I, I wondered about that myself. And the last one,
1: for me, it's like this is the one that really set off all the alarm bells. How does this ever become TOS? They, Still, yes. They have intraship beaming. Mm-hmm. That was the one where I went, you're going to have to do some real fancy tap dancing. And then I had this totally bizarre thought yeah, because it would still go to TOS. Maybe what we are seeing on the discovery is the break point where it becomes the mirror universe. (laughs) Okay. Okay. And maybe Lorca is the first emperor or something. I mean, from what we saw of the mirror universe, Kirk and the rest of them weren't there long enough to really,
0: um, Study history. Yeah, yeah. It, it could be. It, it's funny, you know, that you say that. I was thinking it might end up being some kind of timey wimey thing, mm-hmm. which would be kind of a cop out, you yes. know, like. And that was what the tribble thing kind of sparked for me. Hmm. Like, mm, maybe he was in the future, and he got some tribbles, and he brought them back, or you know, I don't know, something like that. Yeah, or maybe,
1: you know, maybe this whole thing turns into that um, time, turns into time trap with Kirk with his long fingers where what has actually happened is they've all been thrown into the future. And except for Lorca, they all think they're in pre-TOS, whatever it, yeah. we're calling that era. Because could... it's just getting hard for me. I'm not saying bad thing. I want to see where they go. But it's just getting hard for me to see this getting to TOS in 10 years. And I'm not talking about actions. I'm talking about mindsets. Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm starting to think the discovery, if it's anything to do with Starfleet is a super secret part, because in the first two episodes where it was um, Burnham and her captain, they seemed really like they were on an exploration mission. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I could see that you know, going to TOS. It's really hard now that there's a discovery which is involved in something that blew people up so badly and uh, and that the, the captain has apparently confiscated the, uh, I'm going to call it the pig
0: monster, <laughs> for lack of a better term. Yeah, I, I agree. I think there's definitely something going on, and they definitely don't seem to be standard Starfleet. They're certainly mm-hmm. not standard Starfleet. But how it's all going to connect. I mean, it, it seemed like all of the people that we saw prior to this were standard Starfleet, yes. like the other ship mm-hmm. and um, all the folks who showed up for the battle and that. Huh.
1: And that makes it interesting that there is um Saru, and uh, I don't know, maybe somebody else from the other ship on the Discovery. Yes. So, I don't I'm know. I mean, what, what's going to happen here? Is Lorca going to turn out to be um, is some sort of alien passing as human? I, you know, the, the possibilities are endless, which is
0: good. That's mm-hmm. good for the third episode of a show yeah it introduced so much that mm-hmm. questioning like why is this like this and how did this happen and what is going like i kept saying what is going on but not in a bad way like right, oh my god right. this is so badly written i can't figure it out no it kind of like, no it's i don't understand this yeah. is great i
1: don't understand and it's not boring us like the first two years no. of tng did this is like okay
0: i gotta i've gotta pay attention this tv yeah. show where i have to pay attention uh, I feel like once the whole series is over, it probably will be necessary to go back and rewatch mm. some of these because there's going to be stuff in it that totally got missed. Yeah. To
1: see how it fits in. Yeah.
0: It's good. I really like it. I, 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 I like, like it. Uh, I
1: like it, too. Um, and, uh, boy, if they, like I say, if they can keep pulling this off, you know, if they can do the fancy tap dancing that it's going to take hey, you know, we're in for a good ride.
0: Yeah, I I agree. Now, let me ask you a question. Sure. Um, So in the scene where uh, Lorca shows Burnham the spores and Mm -hmm. what they can do, and she's in the little booth, I guess, Mm -hmm. uh, was it your impression that when she saw all those different places that she was actually going there, or was she just getting impressions of those places from the spores that were in there with her?
1: Well, I couldn't decide. I never thought of her getting impressions. I thought he was like doing a demo where the things were faked. Mm-hmm. That, you know, it could have been she oh. was actually going there because if she could actually go, in, go there using the power of the spores, earlier he said, you know, we've only been used, been able to get it to move a few yards. Yeah. So, um, you know, maybe this – it's like Carol Marcus's demo of what a, what the yeah. genesis can
0: do. Maybe that's what it is. I couldn't – Okay. Yeah. It, it it was unclear exactly what was happening mm-hmm. because one of the places that he was showing her was like Romulus. Like really? Yeah. Like, we haven't even, you know, seen them at that point, right? I, and I kind of got the TOS. well, again, from TOS I
1: kind of got the impression that they maybe didn't even know where the Romulan homeworld was. Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. Mm. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Many many questions, many many questions. So are we through discussing discovery? Because I have one other thing to bring up. Yes, um, I so my big thumbs up on episode three. It was great. I'm really psyched for episode four and what's going to come after. Um, it's very hard to wait a week yeah, yes, <laughs> for the yes. next episode to come out, but it's super cool. So, guys, if you know if you're watching, let us know what you think because we would love to hear your impressions and your opinions about some of these things and your that we've theories, been about. Because we love
1: yeah. theories. Okay, yeah, yeah. I watched another episode of. The Orville. Oh, yes. How's that going? Well, you know, now I've seen two. Um, obviously, it's not Discovery. It is episodic. So, you know, it's, it's, it's like soothing another part of my brain. But anyway, in this one, the captain and the first officer get kidnapped by aliens and end up in a space zoo. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. So it's kind of like the first um, pilot for TOS it's kind of like twilight zone right but uh the per the um their super smart guy the next guy under the the first officer for some reason i don't know he got injured or something anyway so the person they leave in charge is this ensign a female ensign i really like her a lot and as soon as she realizes it's a crisis and she's in charge she panics she is scared to death And I thought, that is a a realistic reaction. Of course, they played it, like, for comedy. And she goes Mm -hmm. to the doctor and says, you have to declare me medically unfit. Uh And the doctor, like, you know, talks her down. The doctor's a woman, um, you know, talks her down and says, you don't think the captain has ever been scared up there on the bridge making these decisions? You take in the information, rely on the people. You've got great people up there. And then make the best decision you can. So, you know, it all works out. But I have to say, there's when uh, uh, two of them beam over to the space zoo after they find it um, and say, we want to buy your humans, and they come up with this reason, you know, the humans are infected, you don't want it to infect your whole zoo. Well, they don't know this zoo has a policy of we destroy anything that could um, you know, in fact, the whole zoo. And so, you mm-hmm. know, they're going to kill their two humans. And then she comes up the ensign with, she says, well, what if we offered you something else that you will not be able to resist? Mm-hmm. Next scene, it's like people are or aliens, you know, are clustered around this one exhibit, just like you know, smack and crushing each other to get to it and talking about this is incredible, we've never seen anything like it. And then we're back at the zookeeper's office and he's saying, This is the most successful exhibit we've ever had. This is fantastic. And finally, you see the- and I'm going to spoil it for everybody, so stop now if you do not want to know this. But um, she gave them reruns of the Kardashians. Oh, God. <laughs> it's like they're watching it going, oh, my God, I can't believe Kim just said that. <laughs> uh-huh. I, it, it it hit all the right little buttons as far as, yeah, it's a uh-huh. very standard plot device. And, you know, there were some interesting develops, especially that ensign learning that, you know, she can do this. Mm-hmm. Um but then, you know, this nice, nice comic
0: twist. That's very funny. Yes. I like that. Yeah.
1: So I'm going to, you know, watch it some more. I'm going to keep reporting back. Um, mm-hmm, I just okay, saw okay. some headline online. I did not go ahead, but it said something like, with uh, episode five, Orville earns its place or, you know, makes its mark hmm. or whatever. So, you know, I've got three episodes to get to that, but I've
0: had fun with it. Cool. That's great. Yeah. Well, hooray. I'm glad. Um I haven't, I haven't had a chance to watch that. Uh, I've been just watching this and catching up on a few other things, but um, I, I realized that I need to catch up still on my Doctor Who, because now they're starting to do all the press for the Christmas episode, which looks pretty amazing. And it's going to be about. in theaters. I know. I was thinking about going. I think it might be
1: good. Yeah. Well, they're, they're going to show other stuff, you know, I don't know, interviews mm-hmm. or whatever, but...
0: It might be good. Yes. Um, uh, and I, I will say for the record, I'm not going to see the new Blade Runner movie.
1: Oh, me neither. And apparently it's not doing well at the box office.
0: Yeah. You know, I've been reading. Uh, I used to love Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. And there are still things that I really love about it. But I was reading uh, something recently that was a review by, um, I think she's, I can't remember if she's African American, but she's a, a not white person. And she had never seen it. And she just saw it recently uh-uh. and said... Nobody told me that this was a movie about slaves. <gasps> and I was like, wow. oh my God, she's right. It is a movie about slaves. And then I was reading her breakdown of it and mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, this is kind of icky. Oh, uh-huh. I oh. And now I'm like, no, I know. <laughs> well,
1: I could never see anything mentioning Blade Runner without thinking about this one thing that I'm going to share with you. Years ago, <clears throat> when I was living in New York, one of my very good friends, he was in a relationship with this other guy, also a, a super, super nice guy. They were the cutest couple. But the, the one thing he that just drove him nuts about the other guy was Blade Runner was his favorite movie. Mm. And every time it was shown, it's back. They had to go see it. Oh. <laughs> and I thought, okay, that's true love. Um, so, but because of that, I did watch it at one point and I honestly remember almost nothing of it, ex- mm-hmm. you know, except like the real basic plot. And I have no interest in seeing this update, no matter how pretty it is.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm just, yeah, I'm not interested in seeing it and I'm just not, I'm, I'm now, I'm, I'm coming to rethink my whole perspective on the movie, which is a good thing to do. Yes. So I'm glad that somebody's writing made me think more about it. That this. is good.
1: Um, Yeah. I know we're sort of in an abundance of riches right now with TOS sort of stuff on TV. There's mm-hmm. one other thing. I've seen a couple articles about this. Um, are you familiar at all with the UK series <clears throat> Black Mirror? Oh, I know about it, although I've never seen it. Okay. I saw the first episode, which pretty much grossed me out. Um, I recently watched another one that was very highly recommended, and I wasn't too excited about that either. But... Um, they are doing an episode in this season that is uh, a takeoff in whatever way on TOS, mm-hmm. and it's called the USS something or other. Now, the problem is Netflix has Black Mirror, but only the first season. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I re- when that one comes up, I, I really want to find a way to see that because uh, that's yeah, that very sounds interesting. Good. And Black Mirror, I mean... The idea is it's about the worst parts of humanity, the worst of our, mm-hmm. not the worst people, but the worst things that are in all of us. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, mm-hmm. to watch like maybe
0: even two or three episodes in a row would be
1: hard. <laughs> oh, that would be real
0: hard. Yeah. Well, listeners, um, what are you watching? Let us know what, what's at the top of your list. Yeah. Because- you know, we're always looking for interesting things. And you're right, there's there's sort of an abundance of everything right now. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's just so much that we could be watching. Yep,
1: I'm I'm getting very picky and choosy, and then I saw yeah. something came up in one of my, you know, online magazines or whatever that I follow that mentioned Sneaky Pete. And I went, yeah, when is Sneaky Pete coming back? You know, it's like, oh, my God. Ooh. I'm watching much. so much TV, and it's good TV, so I'm not going to apologize for it. But I'm not having time for my reading, and I'm at the the uh, sort of like the ten percent point of a very interesting book. So oh. I got to get my act together. I just have to give up
0: house cleaning.
1: Well, <laughs> like I, I do a quit- lot of it
0: anyway. <laughs> I'll, I'll just have to quit my job. That's it, oh. and then I'll be able to to watch everything yeah. all the time. Yeah. that will be good. Well, <laughs> you know, I have to say um my job
1: has been going well lately so i don't want to quit it
0: <laughs> well good don't do that yes don't yes All right. Well, let's wrap this up. Okay. Um, This has been fantastic. I was so excited. It's so hard uh, to to save all the things that I want to say about discovery, but I'm glad because uh, I think these are good, productive discussions. And listeners, tell us what you think. We want to know if you're liking it or not liking it and what you think. What are your theories? Let's talk about theories. Well, you know, my overall reaction, I
1: posted on Facebook maybe like a week ago that it is so exciting to me to be watching a Star Trek series that I'm enjoying,
0: mm-hmm. and I
1: don't know what's going to happen. I oh, I, I mean, it's been just since college for me, yeah.
0: Because you know, and
1: TNG was like okay, but I never got like you know, what's coming up next week
0: about that. So uh, and and it's it's a series that's good right from the beginning, like mm-hmm. you were saying. You know, it's not like you have to wait two seasons in before the episodes right. actually get good.
1: Yeah, or like the first time I saw Wrath of Khan. Mm-hmm. you know i mean my heart was pounding i had tears in my eyes i was just on cloud nine you know and mm-hmm. it's, it's nice to you know get even an inkling of that i'm not saying this is that wrath of con for me yet but you know i'm just going what are they gonna do what do we do mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the white Sox gang will invade yeah, yeah
0: they'll do it all right excellent we'll wrap this up now um Thanks for listening, everybody. We appreciate it. And we cannot wait to see next week's episode of Discovery. Yay! Yay. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye, everyone. Live long and potluck. Okay.